Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Welcome to Chef's Story. I'm Dorothy Can Hamilton from the International Culinary Center, and today I have a very oh, great, sexy, handsome uh, chef, European chef with me, Chef Kurt Gutenbrunner of the famed uh, Michelin-starred Walsey restaurant here in New York, and you may know him from Cafe Zerbarski in the New Museum. Uh, many years ago when the, when that opened, but he's still still uh, overseeing that. Blue Gons, and his latest is Cafe Cristal for the Savorsky uh, Crystal uh, stores, and also the Beer Gardens at the Standard Hotel, uh, both here and there's going to be another one, I believe, in L.A. But anyway, Kurt, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> and first of all, congratulations. You just became an American citizen last Friday. Thank you. I'm very, very proud of uh, being American. Um, I had my swearing party on a party, I mean, call it a, a swearing event on Friday morning, 8.30. And uh, I called my daughter's day on vacation in France right now. And little Lou said to me, Daddy, I'm so proud of you. And next time you come back to New York... They're going to say the same thing to you to say to me, welcome home. Oh, and I just, <laughs> that gives me chills. <laughs> yeah. It's a very important step in my life. I, I want to vote. I want to uh, be part, uh, more part as I already am in this country. Okay, well, let's get, let's get into your background. So you were bo- born in Austria, right? So tell me about where you grew up. Correct. Well, I, I grew up in a little village, uh, 2,000 people, an hour and a half outside of Vienna. Emperor Franz Josef uh, had a castle there for his daughter Marie Valerie. So we still have the Habsburg living around there. And then uh, fishing, uh, we we basically ate what we had in the garden or in this little, you know, we had our own pigs and chickens and eggs and. and Mm, sounds uh, delicious. <laughs> made our own jams, kept everything in, in in a sandstone cellar over the over the winter time, and a lot of apples and pears in this in this area. And uh, what got you into cooking? Were your parents great cooks? Your mother, your mm, grandmother? Or? Well, my my, my dad uh, used to build uh, hydroelectric companies on the Danube. Oh, so uh, green energy. <laughs> many 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 years ago, uh-huh. uh, my mom. Uh, uh, raised our, us uh, three children and uh, what got me into cooking I believe that um, I'm afraid of heights and you know in Europe uh, it, it's not that you call a plumber it's like you have to take in my time you have to take care of it yourself and every time you know my my dad uh, took my little brother walking up on the roof you know the roofs are not flat in, mm-hmm. in, in Austria so 
I just ended up with my mom and my grandmother in the kitchen because <laughs> I, I could they could take me up by there. default. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I had to help in making making food for the real man, yeah. menu, right? right? So and I and I enjoyed this and and uh, I also think that you know there's a song from uh, John Cale and Lou Reed. It's a small town. Mm-hmm. When you're growing up in a small town, yeah, yeah. so wonderful song I admire, and and uh, I think that unconsciously, I took something what my my my, my mom gave me cooking and and the interest in food and just to get out of there, to travel, just to leave. You know, I just I I I'm happy here. I could n- not imagine going back to Austria and living in Austria anymore. I'm just mm-hmm. so happy. So when, when you finally left the village, where did you go? I went uh, to boarding school, for a culinary school, boarding school. Ah. And then I made my apprenticeship. Uh, Is that typically how they do it in Austria? Do they have boarding mm, schools for no. it? Or your, your town was so small that you had a... No, 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 no. But, uh, you know, they are like uh, you have several uh, uh, hotel and, and, and restaurant schools. And... Uh, I mean, there's two ways to do it. You know, either mm-hmm. way, you go to school and you graduate from school, mm-hmm. or you make what uh, you do. What I did, uh, you go to school for two years, you make your your internships, and then you make uh, two more years of apprenticeship, and then you take your exam, and then. So it's a long process. Four years, yeah. You can call yourself a chef. Ah. so is that the the designation after four years yeah. that you're officially a chef? Yeah. So where was your first job? Uh, after the after uh, my apprenticeship, I uh, went to work in Salzburg. Oh, uh, nice place! Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. I went to work in Salzburg, and uh, you know uh, the army is mandatory in Austria. So I, I when I was uh, nineteen, I you had to go in the army. I, eight months. So did they put you in cooking? Well, I, I everybody has to. You know, we have to learn how to. Carry use guns. a gun and yeah, yeah, clean yeah. shoes. And, yeah. You know, not that you know Austria is yeah. neutral. Not that we have any enemies. So yeah. that's, it's yeah. more like playing John Wayne. You know. <laughs> 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 so it was a lot of fun. I uh, I, I spent six weeks on a Czechoslovakian border up there. Mm-hmm. You probably little, saw my relatives. <laughs> little cold up there, <laughs> yeah. and then you know they figure out what you can. You know, one is a mechanic, so we send him to drive the cars. And well, you your chef, okay, we send you over there. Well, you have good education. We send you to cook for the for the uh, um, generals. So I I was lucky after six weeks I didn't have a helmet anymore no more boots and uh, <laughs> no more cold no more cold and I I, I was uh, um, able cooking to cooking for the general like yeah. a scoffier didn't a scoffier cook for a general and we made gr- everybody thinks but you know we make great money in the army oh really how yeah, much be- money you make well I forgot it's like 30 yeah. years ago but what happened is that all the officers all the generals they came with their families on the weekend to eat there because they figured out it's so great what these guys are doing there. <laughs> and they all gave us great tips. And we, really? Yeah, oh. We had a baker there. One was a butcher. The other one was a waiter. And, and me, we were four guys there. We had, we had a blast. <laughs> That's probably one of the best uh, military stories I've heard <laughs> and pacifist as well. Um, and then I left to, uh, to Switzerland. Okay, and uh, then you started in, say, the Michelin-starred uh, restaurants at that time? Well, I left it, uh, I went to, you know, 
at this time, and I want to come back to uh, to the story about Lou Reed and and, and John Cale, a small town. When I saw these little cruise ships going up and down on the Danube, mm. and in the 70s and the 80s, all the big chefs used to work in Switzerland mm-hmm. and on the big cruise ships. Mm-hmm. You, you remember this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was always something I wanted to do. And um, so that's why I left to Switzerland. And, and uh, Oh, you mean to work on the, on the ships? Not. Or the boats? I never worked on a boat, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, but... To, I, I, to I went to Switzerland. Switzerland. You know, I want to. I want to do what. You want to be the best. Well, you know, I want to do what. But at this time, was like, okay, the, you want to work with the best guys out there. Mm-hmm. So, which brought me to Switzerland and uh, a good time in Cromontana in the south. Uh, figured out that fifty um, percent of the French I was taught in school I forgot, and fifty percent the Swiss didn't adapt because they speak. <laughs> 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 I but take it you're a natural skier too. Well, you know, you know, yeah, you, you being have to, Austrian. You, yeah, <laughs> I still make jokes with my daughters when it's, it's 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 true. You know, it's not that I'm telling them story, but you know, when the Danube has high water, we we had to go, we had to go to school with the boat. Oh, really? And then when there's snow, you know, there's no snow day. We didn't have snow days, yeah. and we had to shuffle snow and. Before we walked to school for 20 minutes, and uh, yeah, my daughters always make fun of me and say, like, well, daddy's telling his stories. He had shoes when he, <laughs> first shoes when he was 12, but <laughs> it was a different time, but I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So, the, so now... And then I went to Vienna. You went to Vienna. Yeah. I, um, when I came back from Switzerland, I met uh, a chef who changed my, my life, who changed my view. Um, he, uh, he used to work in Munich for the t- uh, for uh, Heinz Winkler at the Tantris. He used to work in uh, uh, Vienna at the, uh, the hotel uh, restaurant Drei, uh, Rotisserie Prince Eugene. That's mm-hmm. what the name. Uh, Vienna Matt uh, doesn't exist anymore, but was a great at this time. Nineteen eighty-six, number one restaurant in Austria, Michelin star, which is mm. you know when mm. the French give us stars. Outside of France. Outside of France, yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was a great time. So I met met Erich, and I was so fascinated what he was, the way he was cooking, uh, that I promised myself that I will do the same thing. And how was he cooking? You know, if you know the the, the cuisine at the Tantra, it's, it's, uh, it's very simple. You know, just look at the product, buy the best product, Use it in a gentle way, and you know, just don't look at the kitchen. It's a paper. Okay, this is I. You got to explain this to me mm. because you talk to every chef today, farm to table. Look at the, it's all about the product. They they do it, but you're saying you went to a three star Michelin master, and in fact, you were doing that at home in your village. You you were using all natural no, product, probably beautiful product, with your mother's cooking, your cooking. What made his cooking different? If he was doing it simply with natural product, it sounds like that's what everybody does. What was different? No, I, I don't think it was so much different. I think, I think that, you know, you, you, you need to find a mentor. You need to find somebody who your thoughts are going along, you know. Your techniques, the way he was cooking it. You know, it was 1980, uh, 1984. Just roll back. What happened here in 1984? 
Yeah, I remember the first time I saw the green market up there when I came to the States and look at it now. Mm. Mm. You know, we, we went a long way. Mm-hmm. But I was very, very lucky because when I was in Munich or, or also in Vienna, you know, we had, we had these people going to, to Rangis two times a week, you know. In a truck? Rangis uh, is the big market, the market outside of Paris, uh, yeah. I mean, think about it. It's, we were buying creme fraiche, goats, strawberries, fraise de bois, uh, butter, whatever you want, fish. Mm. At eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, when 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 uh, came in, when, when it came from the market, mm. and about this time there were two three star Michelin restaurants in in Munich, and uh, one is the Aubergine, Katwitzingmann, and the other one is Tantris, uh, Heinz Winkler, and there was one company that did this, mm. and we always were like, he has to come to us first, you know, before. So you get the pick. <laughs> it was always a little competition. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's nice when you have cases of uh, turbo out there and you can pick the five you I want. I see. That's what really got you. You, you know what going. I mean? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know how much I missed the, the fish market down mm. here? Mm. It's It was mm. the best. Mm. It's. It, I understand it's convenient in Hans Point up there, but mm. for us... Mm. Right. They took the farm a little, a little too far away far from the table. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, how did you get to the states, and what what drove you to the states? Um, well, I think small town. You know, coming back. Well, New to York my, is not a small town. No, no, no. But coming coming to 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 the song, I I, I love so much. You know, after Munich, yeah. I wanted to do something else, and. Um, my, you know, in, 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 at the Tantris, it was very strict. The entire team was together for almost two years. Uh, there were 200 applications for the 15, 20 jobs that were available a year. And uh, it's not like, oh, I'm quitting right now. You had to go to the chef and you had to ask him permission. I said, well, you know, I want to stop by uh, summertime. And uh, you usually you always have to tell him where you're going, you know. And then he always said to me, "You got to go to a place which has future." It's like, oh my God, everything I gave him, he said no. And then I called my chef in Vienna and I said, "Listen, I need to do something. Two years, tantras. I want to see something else." And and he said, "Well, um, my friend, he also worked for me, like you. He's uh, the executive chef of Windows in the World, and there's a restaurant here. Yeah, it's called Cellar in the Sky, and uh, he needs a chef for Cellar in the Sky. And uh, you want to do it? And I said, Well, yeah, let's. Let, I want to do it. And I told the chef at the country, and he says, You're totally out of your mind. You know, I mean, you are totally out of your mind. Eighty, eighty-seven, right? You go to New York and you, it's not going to, you know, nothing. And it was tough because I, you know, windows on the world up there. Um, when you used to buy the, go- the goats and the butter and the turbo from the parking lot, right? right. And all of a sudden you're 107. Right. And you kind of open B1 buys everything. Yes. It's a different story. Uh, it's a different dynamic between food and... You have no idea how many times I went home crying because it was, it was so hard. It was so hard for me. 
but I just didn't want to give up. You know, I, I I knew there was something positive here, for in in the food world, in the restaurant world. It just started at this time. You know, it just started. So, what was your next step after Cellar in the Sky? Uh, I worked for David. I worked Boulay. for yeah. And that, how did you know him? Um, Austrian friend um, who uh, used to work with David when David was uh, uh, at Vienna 79. You, know? mm-hmm. you remember Vienna mm-hmm. 79? Yes, that had four stars from Four Mimi Sheraton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a very, you yeah. don't, you know, that's uh, a legendary uh, restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, two weeks ago, Peter Grüner was in town, so oh. it's it's always nice to to, to see him. Um, but anyway, you know what? I, I met David because I couldn't, I didn't want to work up there anymore, but I didn't want to go home and call it a failure. Mm. I couldn't go home and say, "Well, you guys were right. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not okay over there." Mm-hmm. So I, I I I met David and. The interview with David was very, very European. Uh, he, instead of reading my resume, he took me into the walking bus and I said, look at the chickens I'm using. And look this, look this, look this. And it's like, that's exactly what I want to use. That's exactly what, where I come from. Mm-hmm. So we had a good time together. Mm-hmm. How many years were you with David? I uh, left in 1990 when my son was born. Mm. I uh, thought that... Uh, my son would uh, be better off growing up in Europe like I did, and, and, and I just, okay, well, I, I we're just gonna, couldn't we're manage anymore in okay. Europe. So we're going to break here for okay. uh, a little commercial, and we'll be back and talk about what happened then. program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Are you a locavore? Our Northeast Regional Forager for Whole Foods Market sure is. She spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Well, welcome back. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton, and today on Chef's Story, I'm talking to Chef Kurt Gutenbrunner of Walze, Cafe Sibarski, Blue Guns, Cafe Cristal, and the beer gardens at the Standard Hotels. So, Kurt, you were just telling us about after, in the 80s, working with David Boulay and at Cellar in the Sky at Windows on the World, that you went back to Europe because of your son. So, how long were you back there, and how did you get back to New York? Well, I, you know, I lived five years in Munich. I went back to uh, the Tantris family. And uh, for me, New York was like a book I didn't finish. So I came back here every vacation. I came back and worked with David in 1995. I decided to come back for good. And uh, so I moved back. Uh, 
worked for David again, uh, was the chef at the monkey bar, with Peter Glacier at this time. And then uh, was lucky that I met uh, my partner, Jack Desari, on uh, at the soccer field, at our children's soccer field. Oh, and really? That's where you met I was uh, the coach, and uh, uh, his son was my on my team, like my son. And uh, he said, whenever you, you want to open your own restaurant, keep us in mind. And then the twins were born in 99, and uh, uh, Tess and Roman, and... Uh, uh, so I wanted to open my restaurant. I said, Jack, you know what? I want to open my restaurant out. And he says, okay, yeah, I'm going to give you $1 million. Wow. And find a space. So and I found this wonderful corner in the West Village. And uh, uh, we it's a landmark. We renovated it for um, a year. Wow. Uh, it was the former Black Sheep. There was a restaurant mm-hmm. in there 25 years. It was mm-hmm. called the Black Sheep. And so we renovated everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, opened in 2000. Mm-hmm. I had my birthday is July 18. And uh, uh, I had no money left and nothing. No money for friends and family. Just I had to open on July 14th, Pasti Day. With a French wife at this time. <laughs> <laughs> Fireworks. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, well, another great song. I used to, uh, I love music. I like yeah. Tom Waits and, and, and uh, yeah, I grew up with CCR. And uh, before we opened, uh, you know, there's a, there's a song called Centerfield. And uh, it's, uh, it's called Put Me in Coach, I'm Ready to Play. And I used to blast this all day long. And then when we opened the doors, you know, everybody was so happy and, and it was a good team. And we gave New York something what they didn't expect from us Austrians. We gave us, we gave them food and, and what we call in Austria, by the turn of last century, we call it Gesamtkunstwerk. What's when that? all the elements play together. Mm-hmm. The element of art, architecture, food, wine. Mm-hmm. And we gave them something what, what I think that wasn't expected, you know. No lederhosen, no Mozart wig, no, you know, no yeah. cliche. <laughs> yeah. we, we came up sharp, sexy, modern. It, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it was, I think, the biggest compliment for my, for my uh, food I ever got was... Uh, when Bill Grimes said, uh, New York never knew about Austrian food and now we can't live without it. Wow. I, it was six weeks after I opened Walser and I was just like, oh my God, you know. And now you have a Michelin star. See, yes. <laughs> and then Sabaski. <laughs> and and Sabaski, tell us about that. You know, um, if you do the right thing, the right thing will happen to you. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I went to Vienna and I bought my tonnet chairs in Vienna. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, out of those chairs. And Ronald Lauder went to Vienna too and bought his tonnet chairs for the museum. But I, we both didn't know from each other and, mm-hmm. and of each other. And then um, the president of tonnet said to Ronald, to say, well, there's a young guy, just came a young guy in last week. He bought 70 tonnet chairs and bar stool. And now you're here, here. And since 30 years, nobody bought original tonnet chairs for a commercial space. So Ronald came back, he called uh, George Lang, Cafe de Artis, mm-hmm. and he said, let's go down and let's see what the, the guy is doing, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't even open, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, 
I showed him the Josef Hoffman lamps I got in there and the toner chair and, and the, the minimalistic uh, architecture. And he said, get in the car, I'm going to show you what I'm doing. So he showed me the museum, uh, which was under construction. Annabel Selter, from a German architect, worked on it for four years. The new museum we're talking about. Neue Galerie, yeah. not the new, new museum. Neue Galerie. Okay, stand corrected. And he said, uh, I promised my partner, Serge Sabarsky, died in 1997, that I will make the best Viennese coffee house outside of Vienna, and you're going to do it for me. I said, okay, sir, let me go and open my restaurant and then uh, I, I will do so. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I did, you know. So I mean, the, but the gallery was actually a museum. The gallery is a museum. It's, museum. Based it's a, not like an art gallery. No, no, it's Ronald Lauer's private museum uh, for Austrian and German art. We show a lot of, uh, this year, uh, just finished on Monday, the big Klimt exhibition, 150 years of Gustav Klimt. Uh-huh. And... Uh, and it's on Fifth Avenue. Fifth and Avenue and 86, 86, right between the Guggenheim and the Metropolitan. So to find a jewel of a coffee house inside of a gallery that's a It's a museum, it right? Was, it, it took New York by storm. Uh, well, you know, once again, we changed. We changed New York. Kaffee Sabarsky was the first museum restaurant who re- received a two-star New York Times rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look what came afterwards, you know, the Guggenheim changed the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the MoMA, the, the Metropolitan. Mm-hmm. We changed the view of museum dining mm-hmm. with what we, we did with Neue Galerie and, 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 and uh, uh, So what was it like to do a coffee house in New York? Well, you know, uh, we are born with coffee and cake <laughs> <laughs> and strudel. It's, yeah. it's just natural. natural. And, and, you know, yeah, yeah I remember when, when you know, Mrs. Lauda said to me before we opened, she said, oh, Kurt, I'm so worried about you. Who's going to come and, and, and look at this art and eat this food? And, and then it was like the first Sunday, I came up there at 10 o'clock and people were standing like on, on 86 and down on 5th Avenue. And after this, we never had to worry that nobody wanted to see this art and eat this food. And, and So how did you get, how did you start... I want, I want one oh, more thing okay. because it was a, a very, very. We, we opened uh, Sabarsky one month after 9 11. Oh. And uh, having a restaurant down there. Walsey. Walsey in, 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 in the West Village was pretty, pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only closed one day, I only closed on September 11. And uh, on September 12th, 8 o'clock in the morning, I was at the restaurant, and I just didn't know what to do. And you had worked at Windows on the World, in the World right. Trade Center. Right. That must have been emotionally very hard, too. Uh, well, I saw the second one flying in uh, out of my window, and, and uh, it's... Long story short, uh, Lou was walking up on 11th Street, Lou Reed, and, and he said, Kurt, everything is closed, Lori is out of town, and then I, there's no... Breakfast. I go, let's let's sit down and let's have breakfast. And there were a uh, couple other friends of Lou were, were there, and we sat down and I cooked the eggs and coffee. And and I said to Lou, I said, "What are we going to do?" And and he says, "Well, you know, we we just go, go. Don't worry about it. Open. We're all going to be there." 
September 12th, we did 45 covers. And I, it was very important for me to keep everybody employed mm-hmm. and uh, keep on going with this. And, and, and it was very important for me to, to, to look ahead at, at Café Sabaski and Neue Galerie and, and, and to have something positive going on with opening a new restaurant. And that's what we did. Well, so tell me how Blue Guns came about. <laughs> I, you know David and Karen Wartok? Oh, of course, Chantrell, okay. yeah. Right, and, and uh, their daughter and my son went to, to school together. And, uh, I and was your children have networked for you better than anyone I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, I was working at Boulay, and Chantrell was right there. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, David and Karen uh, opened a restaurant called Le Sink. And... Uh, uh, I loved what they did over there. Bill Katz did a phenomenal job with the this, the vaulted ceiling and the, and the art posters, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to come back to the Gesamtkunstwerk, why this is so important for me. Um, so there was, I was walking the dogs and, and there was a sign out there, we're going on vacation, this time of the year, right? Okay, six years, seven years ago. And um, I said, okay, great. And it came Labor Day, and it was still going on vacation. And then uh, I called Karen. I said, Karen, what are you doing? And then she said, well, we want to sell it. And I said, don't sell it. Take it off the market. I'm, I'm going to take it. And uh, it was during my separation from Yasmina, and, and I called my lawyer, and I said, listen, I'm going to open another restaurant. He said, are you totally out of your mind? <laughs> The last thing you can do right now is make something new. It's it's good. I said no. I need to do this because if somebody else walks in there and has no appreciation of these posters, they will be gone. And I'm not going to let this happen. I just took Blauigans because of, of 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 the posters in there. Wow. And they, they killed me at the beginning. Yeah. It was like the media said, "Oh, what the hell he thinks he is? He doesn't change anything." Yeah. But the reason was like, well, I changed the food. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to change the sink bar. Mm-hmm. There was no—I mean, the posters are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I just mm-hmm. adding more mm-hmm. makes so. me makes me happy. Mm. And all my restaurants need to have a, a, a connection to art and architecture, and, and that's what I call Gesamtkunstwerk when all the elements play together. And you know, the difference between my restaurants and my house. In my restaurants, there's money involved. Otherwise, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. I think that's probably why on September 12th, you were able to get 45 people to come in because there's a real sense of someone being home in your restaurants, a real personality. Thank you. You know, a real comfort. Without being comfort for this tremendous elegance and sophistication. But uh, tell me then, the beer gardens at the Standard Hotel, they're, um, they're a little different. Well... You know, once again, you know, we changed a lot of things with doing this kind of beer garden up there at, at, at uh, uh, the Standard Hotel. Andre uh, wanted to have a beer garden. Andre Balage. Yeah, Andre Balage wanted to have a beer garden underneath the Highline. And, and uh, so he talked to me about it and I say, well, can we work together on this to make something sexy, cool, simple? And, uh, you know, I spoke to my friends, uh, Olivia Sigmund, she's uh, one of the owner of the Pittsburgh Brewery, and 
uh, I said, Olivia, I want to do this beer garden. I want to keep it really simple. I want to do it exactly the way we do it in Europe. Uh, I've three, I've Bitburgerliche in Köstritzer there. I've sausages there from Charlotte and Weber. I have the pretzels there. I, I, you know, we the grill is so busy. The kitchen is very small. Over there, there's no way that we can do something else over there. And, and you know, I think that. When you go to a beer garden in 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 in, in uh, Germany, then you don't have thirty different kind of beers, and I don't really don't like it. Beer is just good when you turn it as fast as possible. And why should I have thirty kind of beer? It's like that, there's no point on it. It's just different kind of brands. But it's uh, if you cover the base with a wheat beer, with a pilsner, and with the dark beer, that's it. You know, you gotta make you gotta make a decision. And I think the simplicity of of the beer garden. Uh, and the tickets. The idea I had of... Uh, Tell us about the tickets. Well, I, I believe that... I, you know, when you walk into the, into the stand of beer garden, mm-hmm. you have to buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. So for the ticket, you can get a sausage, salads, or, or, or a beer. Mm-hmm. And um, it becomes a little bit like Las Vegas. You know, there's no money involved, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You do, you've got your tickets. And you, you got your tickets, t- and you go to the waitress, and right. you give. Don't forget to give her a tip. But yeah. um, you give her the ticket, and she's going to give you order to, to the chef, and he's giving you whatever you want. Makes communication, which is the importance in a beer garden. Communication. Well, a beer garden is about communication. Mm-hmm. People are sitting together on long tables. Yeah. Um, it's it's, ca- it's casual but delicious, and it's n- natural too because you're outside. Yeah, outside. Then, you know it. Did you have fun doing it? I love it. I mean, we just opened last year. We opened one in LA. Yeah, you gonna uh, open more? Uh, let's see. Let's we'll see. see. Let's okay. see. All right. Well, let's see. We're gonna take another break here, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is the most trusted media outlet for real, quality conversations about food. That experience will come to life at our first annual members-only fundraiser party on September 9th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Enjoy the best food in the world. From talent including Michael Anthony, award-winning chef from Gramercy Tavern, Brooks Headley, award-winning pastry chef from Del Posto, Shauna Pacifico at Back 40 West, sustainable seafood from sea to table, and much more, including drinks made by Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues, craft beer from Greenpoint Harbor Brewery, wine from Cane Vineyard and Winery in the Napa Valley, and plenty more. Radio is back, and this will be a special, exclusive experience in the back garden of Roberta's that you don't want to miss. September 9th, 5 to 8 p.m. Buy tickets at heritageradionetwork.eventbrite.com. 
Everybody should go to that, by the way. <laughs> it's September 9th. I am. I'll be there. You'll, you'll meet some Chef Story people. So uh, welcome back. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton at Chef Story. And today I'm talking to Kurt Gutenberner. Um, and we are, we've just like tiptoed through his beer garden. But there's one cafe I have not been to, which is down in Soho. So I have no excuse. Cafe Cristal, which is in the Savorsky. Swarovski. My pronunciation. It's okay. <laughs> Swarovski. I can't see. I can see veal and venison, and my when my daughter said, "Daddy says strep throat." <laughs> Authentics. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you make, make a lot of fun. Yeah. You, oh, you got to go to this guy's restaurant. <laughs> so, I mean, he makes you feel so at home. Um, so, tell us about Cafe Cristal. I can say Christa- that. Cristal. Um, Cristal. Cristal. Um, Swarovski is from Austria. Um, Nadia Swarovski uh, has a, a project which is called uh, Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, she commissions. Uh, lighting designers to make a, a modern interpretation of light fixtures. Tom Dixon, we have beautiful Tom Dixon chandeliers in there. And um, I wanted to do something there. Uh, the, what I did on the Upper East Side with Café Zabarski, I wanted to do in Soho with Café Crystal. Marble tables, Josef Hoffman fabric from Backhausen in Vienna, Tonitz chairs, uh, Julian, Julian, my friend Julian Schnabel gave me artwork from uh, Lou Reed, uh, Julian Schnabel, oh, all the, these friends. Uh, no, but it's, <laughs> I've got to hang out with you. <laughs> that's true. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice that you have. I'm proud to have friends. Yeah, and I'm proud to have friends. I can ask. I said, Julian, you know, we went over there on Mother's Day. The kids were with mom, and, and Julian and I we went over there and we looked at the space and we said, so, okay, what are we going to put in there? And yes, I don't have six hundred thousand dollars just to put in artwork. Uh-huh. I don't have it, uh-huh. but there's six hundred thousand dollars of artwork in there, and I don't know how many uh, Tom Dixon. Well, I don't even know what the. Yes, it's nice. Yes, no, but it's home for you. These are your friends. This is right, you know. but you know, it's also. I think that people want to be in an environment and enjoy art and food and mm. and and and. and Good conversation. As, as mm. I said, the only mm. thing it's different is there's money involved and there's no money involved, right? <laughs> right. Uh, right. And 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 or my little wine bar, you know. Yeah. Uh, I have a little wine bar next to Walser and and you know all the photographs in there. Clifford Ross and his Clifford Ross's work. I just adore it. It's it, he takes these photographs of the ocean during the hurricane, and they are so powerful. It's like, you know, like. There's a powerful bottle of wine you you have, and there's power there, and and the, his pictures they just give me the same kind of feeling. Wow! <laughs> so let me tell you, we were we we had some previous conversations, and one of the things we were talking about is water. And you know, I have to make an, an admission here that I've switched to drinking filtered water in in restaurants because of the sustainable carbon footprint of taking a bottle of water from 3,000 uh, miles away. And you you brought up some very interesting points. Do you want to you want to talk about maybe us rediscovering bottled water and why? Um, well, as a Austrian. 
um, I had all. Uh, I've all. I can cook Austrian food. I can have an Austrian wine list, but I never had Austrian or German water, and it was always a piece missing. Right? So I were. I was looking for Austrian water or German water, and I got connected um, to Gerolsteiner. Uh, Gerolsteiner is, is a. Uh, comes out of the Eiffel near Frankfurt in, in this area and what really fascinated me about this is that this natural water runs over the the stones which, which they're there since thousands of years and naturally adds mineral mm -hmm. to the water. Mm -hmm. If you look at a bottle of Gerolsteiner water, there's 2,500 milligrams of minerals in there. Mm -hmm. 2,500 milligrams. 1,800 milligrams are bicarbonate, mm -hmm. which naturally prevents you from heartburn. So if you suffer from heartburn... You drink a bottle of this water and... Uh, it's going to neutralize you? Correct. That's interesting. It's important. Yes. It's important. I think that we got to look at... Do all waters have that capability? Or? Well, there's an app. There's an iPhone app. It's called uh, My Water, My Massa. And it's actually very interesting. Because, uh, you can compare all these different kind of waters. How many minerals are in there? How much sodium is in there? And yes, minerals are important. Go running whatever you lose, and then you add filtered water. How many minerals you add to your body? None. Correct. So we need that. You know, I, I had a friend who imported some water from Italy because if you drank a bottle of it, it was as much calcium as a woman needed, uh, and you didn't have to take pills or and it was natural Same. calcium. Correct. And and I think we've lost. You know, we take vitamins, but uh, you know, getting your minerals through through water. What about this whole you, this whole water issue? I mean, water is going to become very uh, scarce and. Uh, with every de decade, I mean, do you have a do you re do you really think that uh, there's going to be enough water for? Uh, well, I think that uh, there's a lot of people there investing in water. Uh, I think that water is going to be the most important thing in our life one day. Really, I I, I believe so. I believe so. And and you know, I read something very interesting in the science, the New York Times science. Page about the windmills and how the the, the heat, the electricity which is generated can uh, generate water because it's like this very simple like you know the, the bathroom mirror and then it so runs the condensation condensation runs through filtration and you know if we if we believe in in, in natural energy if we believe in, in in saving our planet mm -hmm. then we gotta you know we gotta start little by little bring awareness give it to our children and and make them make them be aware one of the things that um I, I wanted to ask you is you have five restaurants now and how much time do you really have to cook in them and who's cooking in them and how do you feel about that a lot of chefs miss cooking in the restaurants full well, time i uh i not only have five restaurants i always have four children <laughs> <laughs> i'm very 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 proud of them and mm -hmm. uh i uh 
you know, it, it comes a time, I played a lot of soccer when I was young, and it comes a time, as I believe, where a good player can be also a good coach. And I think it is more important for me now to have good players in my restaurant. I want to be a good coach. I want to spend also some time with my children. It's it's so important, you know, how... how but every time when I, I walk them to school and and I hold the hand of the little one, she's ten, and Lou, and I said, Lou, please don't grow up. I miss your little hand. I will miss your little hand so much. And you know, time flies, mm. and 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 I I just I always want to be there for my children. They're the most important things, and the most important mm-hmm. people in my life. And I want to give it to them I, that they can they have me too, you know. I, whenever they are with me, half the time of, of of the year, I always cook for them. Except I have an event. I I, You're a I think dad. that it it makes me happy. It makes me happy to and and yeah. Well, I have to work in the office. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have great chefs. You know, Danny who also works. Uh, he's with me at, at, at the. Uh, since four years he was he spent eight years at the Tantras I mean we don't even I mean we know the same we have the same philosophy Leo was with me since four years too uh, Thomas an Austrian he's the chef at Blauigans uh, Jesus Sapaski is with me since 11 years wow it is important to have a you good have two team. families and two sets of children <laughs> <laughs> tell me something yeah have you lost the travel bug no where someplace where where will we find you next year um well you know i i there's a lot of things you know i i, I wanted to be american because it's important for me to be part uh of this country i want to vote i i want to support uh what's going on i want to support more uh What's going on uh, here in the city? You know, I don't agree with the with the health uh, uh, system degrading thing. I think it's it needs to be modified. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a degrading is okay. Mm-hmm. The handling is wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's you don't just, you don't object to having the grades outside? The grading is that I I agree with the grading, but you know, you give me five points because the mint is in a. Ziploc bag? Really? It's like, you know, it's like a traffic cop giving you tickets. Because mm-hmm. you, you, you're going over there, you, you want to put money in the meter, right? Mm-hmm. And you come back and you say, oh, I'm just getting, getting money. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's just, me. What, is, what is the difference in health? With the zip- Mint in the Ziploc bag and... Uh, my favorite story. I want to tell you the story about the rabbit. Okay, we got it, and then we're gonna we're gonna have to say no, goodbye. No, no. Tell this story. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, right, I had a health yeah. inspection. Right, and the lady came in there, and uh, she looked at my menu, and I have uh, the rabbit spätzle on my menu since ten years. It's a classic. People love it. She says, "Show me the the invoice of the rabbit." So I have central office. I can fax it to you tomorrow. No, 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 no. I want to see it now. And what time is this? Ten thirty at night. And I said, well, I don't have it. And I said, why you ask for the, the invoice of the rabbit and you don't ask for the veal or the beef or whatever? 
says because somebody in my house has a rabbit as a pet. And who tells me that you're not buying it from her? I say, excuse me? Ten points and thousands of dollars I had to spend a legal fees because of a pet here? <laughs> so that's why, you know, I'm very outspoken about this. <laughs> well... Well, we're not going to go any more down that road. No, no, I, what no. I what I want to say is, um, if you haven't been to any of Kurt's restaurants, you really have to go. It's a different. It's a it's a very differentiated experience. Elegant, beautiful, delicious. Uh, the food is homey but minimalistic, and the the environments. If you haven't caught on by now, this man loves his rooms and they are just gems to sit in. Um, Kurt, I can't thank you enough for coming today, taking yourself away from the empire and your kids. But this has been a wonderful opportunity uh, to talk to you today. And I want to thank everyone and especially our, our great producer here at the network, Jack Inslee, and our assistant producers, Heidi Tickle and Joe Sevier. And this is Chef Story, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>